0: Netcasts you love.
1: From people you trust.
0: This is Twit. Bandwidth for the Tech Guy is provided by CashFly. C A C H E F L Y.com. Hi, this is Leo Laporte, and this is my Tech Guy podcast. This show originally aired on the premier radio networks, including now 140 stations. In the US and Canada. Yes, it's growing inch by inch. And XM Channel 158. This is the show from Saturday, April 9th, 2011, episode 759. Enjoy! Well, a good day to you, Leo Laporte here, the tech guy, and it's time to talk tech. Computers, the internet, cell phones, camcorders, MP3 players, home theater, all the gizmos, gadgets, doodads, and doohickeys that are filling our lives. Would you like to talk? Let's talk. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's my phone number. 888-827-5536. Toll free from anywhere. In the U.S. of A. Now, if you're outside the U.S., I, I, I understand. I, I understand. You, you, you say, wait a minute. Or perhaps you say, wait a minute. Or perhaps you say, I say, wait a minute. We are not in the United States of America. What do we do? Well, you can use uh, Skype to call toll-free using Skype out. Because if you're calling an 888 number, a toll-free number, into the U.S., it doesn't cost you anything. Isn't that cool? 8888 ask Leo. That's the phone number if you want to talk about computers, the internet, cell phones, camcorders, MP3 players, home theater, all of all of that, all that digital uh, detritus that surrounds our lives. So an interesting reorganization at the Google this week. This week was the week Larry Page took over from Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt the CEO for the last 10 years of the Googster i think I think it's important to watch Google closely uh for several reasons, you know really, if you think about it, the companies that are dominating uh the world right now are no longer computer hardware manufacturers, although i th- I guess you'd have to say Apple has quite a bit of impact with its ipad but really they're they're more uh the the internet companies, the Googles and Facebooks of the world that are making the the big differences out there, aren't they like more and more, it doesn't really matter what hardware you're using it's uh it's the uh it's the it's the the cloud the internet it's what you're doing out there and who's whose stuff you're using and the google because they're so powerful are uh um i think and facebook are very worthy of not only our interest but our scrutiny right because they wield so much power no one really knows why. Eric Schmidt left Google. You know, there's a new book, a new book, a new Google, a new book just came out uh, by Stephen Levy uh, all about the Google and I'm in the middle of reading it. it, it, it unfortunately, it's more the history of it than the, the the current events. But the original founder of Google's back in charge, Larry Page, he had stepped down to kind of, you know, run products for a while. And the first thing Larry did, uh taking off office, is it an office, taking the job on Monday is reorganize it into six product areas. And promote some people. Some people left. Jonathan Rosenberg, who was a senior vice president of product, left an interesting, uh, and if you want to, this is almost Kremlinology, isn't it, the analysis of what's going on. But the interesting um, note is that Marissa Meyer, who was one of the operating committee and had just recently been promoted to Google, uh, uh, whatever her title is, VP in charge of location, is not one of the six. Mm. She, she wasn't, she will not be um, waving at the tanks in the May Day Parade coming up next week, or in a, a few weeks. She will not. Who will be up there on the, uh, on the balcony waving at the tanks? Vic Gundrotra, Gundrotra, G- <laughs> I know, I'm going to have trouble with these names, let me tell you, Vic, his name I should know, because Vic is a very, uh, you know, uh, prominent Googler. He's the one who always takes stage when Google's giving the uh, keynote addresses. Vic Gundotra, uh Sundar Pachai, and Andy Rubin. All three names are fairly well known. Andy Rubin's a guy in charge of Android. Uh Salar Kamangar, Alan Eustace, and Susan Wojcicki. which boy they I tell you these names. Whoa. Susan. Uh so Eustace, who was in charge of engineering and research, is now Senior Vice President of Search. That's a pretty big job at Google. (laughs) That's like the job. Gundotra, Senior Vice President of Social. I'll mention, I'll talk about why social is so important in a second. Uh, Kamangar, Senior Vice President of YouTube and Video. These are, what, what Google's telling you, what Larry Page is telling you is these are the six things we care about. Pachai, senior VP of Chrome. He was the guy in charge of Chrome OS. Met him, actually. Very nice guy. I really liked him. I had no idea he was going to be running Google in about a month. But, then, okay, should have been a little nicer. I got kind of, a, not an argument, a debate, a civilized debate with him about Chrome OS. I thought, I, I don't know why you would uh, even bother, was kind of my attitude. I love Chrome as a browser, but I don't understand why Google needs to do two operating systems. One for mobile devices and tablets called Android and one for lap, dumbed-down laptops called Chrome OS. But anyway, that's Sundar's uh, uh, beat, SVP of Chrome. And the Chrome browser I love, so Sundar, good job on that. Andy Rubin, SVP of mobile. Of course, it's Android. And uh, Susan Wojicki is the SVP of ads. So those are the... that. Now we're being told by the Google, this is what... Notice location is not in there. Hmm. What Google can, Google now cares about is search, social, video, Chrome, mobile, and ads. Well, that kind of makes sense. Those are the six uh, divisions, aren't they? Don't know what Marissa's up to, but uh, seems like that's not a demotion. It's just not a promotion. Now, The reason I mentioned social kind of as a sideline is that Larry did one more thing that is very much a... Signal that Google is interested in something. He said that your bonuses to all the Googlers from now on will be tied to our success in. Drum roll, please. What is the most important thing at Google? Social. Not search. Not ads. That's how they make their money today. Not video. Social. That's how you're going to get a bonus. If you want to make some money uh, Christmas come Christmas time at Google, you're going to help us succeed in social. Why do they care so much about social? That's interesting. Well, because there's this other company down the road and it literally is down the road called Facebook. that's all about social, isn't it? Facebook's not about search, it's about social. Now what do I mean when I say social Well? That's a good question. What is Go- really more to the point? What does Google mean when it says social? So here's what I think is happening. We've gone through several stages in the development of uh, of the internet. Remember the earliest days of the internet. Yahoo came along. A couple of guys from Stanford, Philo and Yang, and they uh, and they said, "Hey, oh, this is this internet thing. This is going places. This is World Wide Web this is going places. Uh, we'll create a, a a yet another hierarchically officious oracle." Of the web, that you a directory, human created and maintained directory of every page on the web. Yet another hierarchically officious Oracle, aka Yahoo. And that worked about a month. <laughs> and then the internet got so big, it suddenly became apparent to Yahoo. Unfortunately, they made a bad choice. Sometimes you do make those choices and the results hit you a little later on down the road. They made a bad choice. Turns out you can't index with humans. It's too big. Along comes a company, a little company, also started by Stanford graduate students, Paige and Brin, called Google. I guess you have to have double O's to really succeed in this business. And they said, you know, humans that can't do it, but a computer can. A computer-generated index, and that's worked very well for the last 15 years. Guess what? It's starting to break down, isn't it? When you go to Google, there's a lot of junk in there, and it's, and it's getting harder and harder for them to filter it out, it turns out that humans aren't such a bad idea. So the next generation of search is a mixture of computer-generated search indexes. But laid on top of it is a human layer, your friends and what they're interested in. That's the social layer. And it turns out you can't, have a, you can't hire enough people to do this. But if you if you let people use their entire social universe to help them with search... You do get better results. A battle is about to be waged. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, your calls are next. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, 8888-ASK-LEO, 88, 88, that's the phone number, for those of you alphabetically impaired, somebody called me last week and said, I took me an hour to figure out what 8888-ASK-LEO was on a BlackBerry keyboard, <laughs> it's 888-827-5536, either way, it, it's the same, it all works out the same. To Mission Viejo we go. Mark on the line, our first call of the day. Hey, Mark, Leo Laporte, the tech guy.
2: Hi, this is Mark. Mark,
0: are you driving right now?
2: No, I'm at my stand right now. I'm in uh, sales. I'm helping people get strawberries. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's great. Well, I think a a Camaro just drove off. Oh, okay. (laughs) It sounded like... So what can I do for you, Mark?
2: Mark? Well, I'm having a big problem with my computer. I just got Carbonite. I love that product. It's great.
0: Yay! I should say, disclaimer right up front, they pay for advertising on this show, but they didn't pay you, Mark, so that's I like that.
2: <laughs> but what I'm having a problem with is the uh, I got a nice uh, refurbished Asus at um, uh, one of the big box retailers. And they provided me with the system restore disk, which I'm very happy about. But what happened was, in the midst of the backup, it started getting viruses. And I'm curious, do I stop the backup and format the reformat the drive? Or do I...
0: Who are you getting the... Uh... Back up on the backup you're see how are you how are you seeing that you're getting viruses? I don't understand
2: Yeah, I really don't either. I came home uh, and my wife had been on an ACT site, her daughter's uh, pre-qualification for college. and uh, when I got home, I noticed some of the icons were missing and our wallpaper was missing, and I couldn't start task manager, so I ran malware bytes and it found a- several viruses. And so we got rid of that as best we could, but I'm still not getting any
0: function. So, so you did a full restore.
2: No, I haven't done it yet. I just want to know.
0: Oh, if- oh I see. Oh, well, wipe that drive and, and uh, reinstall and do the full restore. You're, you're lucky. And uh, Oh, but you don't ha- I get it. Now I'm understanding. You don't have a full backup yet.
2: No, when I left this morning, it's been
0: like. You won't. You know what? First of all, how many gigabytes uh, on that drive?
2: Uh, what's resident or the size of the drive?
0: Well, how much are you backing up?
2: I think it was like 32 gigs.
0: Okay. Let's do a little calculation here. Most people's upstream bandwidth, let's say, uh, let's give you, let's be the benefit of the doubt. You know, you probably have, you have a cable modem. Let's say it's 20 20 megabits down and one megabit up. The truth is, of course, Carbonite's not going to use all of that megabit or you wouldn't get any downloads either. You need to have some upstream as well as a download capability. So Carbonite's going to be judicious. Let's say it uses 500 kilobits per second and you have how many gigabytes it's going to take a while and this is one thing i kind of want to emphasize to people who use carbonite i i I hope people understand this and i I have the reason i mention is i've gotten a number of people asking about this any online backup service is limited by the amount of bandwidth upstream bandwidth you have and of course any online backup service is going to be very judicious about how much of it uses it really shouldn't use more than half in fact truthfully it probably shouldn't use more than a third or a quarter of it so it's trickling this stuff up to the internet most people think oh i've got a big fat pipe i've got a, i've got a cable modem i'm getting but remember it's not the download and al- almost all internet connections are what we call asymmetric there's a lot more coming in than there is going out this is kind of an old-fashioned way of thinking but the internet service providers are nothing if not old-fashioned <laughs> it's funny to think of it as old-fashioned but they are they in in the early days of the internet, who, who uploaded anything? It was all downloads right? You cared how fast your websites came in or your email came in, and you didn't really care you weren't running a server, so you didn't care much upstream bandwidth you have so that's why they're so wildly asymmetric you know you have twenty times more speed down than you do up or more and it's very common um, but it's upstream bandwidth that these uh, online backup services care about, so you've got to be realistic in your projections, just to get you, break out your calculator and do some math, and you'll realize that if you're trying to back up dozens or hundreds of gigabytes uh, online, that it's going to take weeks, if not months. That's fine, uh, especially with something like Carbonite. You just let it run. It, just, it goes on and on and on. And once it does the full backup, that initial full backup, it doesn't take very long to keep it up to date. That's just incremental backup. So these systems do work, but you can't expect them to work instantly or overnight or even in a week. It just really is dependent on how much you're trying to back up and your bandwidth, and that you're just gonna have to do a back of envelope calculation on that. So you don't have a full backup, Mark. That's the bottom line. Carbonite hasn't finished. Then, if it had, then it's just, it's very trivial what you're gonna do. You got infested machine. This is the nice thing about having a known good backup. You wipe that machine, put uh, Windows back on there from the install disc or from the system recovery discs and then restore from Carbonite, you're good to go. The restore is very quick because, of course, you have a lot of downstream bandwidth. It might take a day, depending on how many gigabytes, but you know I mean? when you download 20 gigabytes, have you ever downloaded 20 gigabytes online? You know, it's not instant. So it, that you should fit, factor that in. My suggestion at this point, if you've got a computer that's really acting up, is get an external hard drive and back up your data onto that. Take it, it, you know, 25, 30 gigabytes just take a matter of an hour, say, then do the same thing: wipe, reinstall from a known good source. This is the best thing to do. It's, there's a lot of other advantages to this. Things will operate faster, and everything will be better. And then restore your data after, and be, be careful about your data because uh, make sure it is only data. Don't reinstall, restore. You know the viruses. Uh, And be very careful if you are using, for instance, Microsoft Office files. Those can have embedded viruses. PDFs are very risky because of uh, flaws in Adobe's reader. It's one of the reasons uh, we hear rumors, strong rumors now, that Microsoft's going to put a PDF reader built into Windows because uh, Adobe's just really fallen down on the job, keeping reader uh, safe. Uh, So it is possible to infect yourself from your documents. But if you're careful and you update all your files, including Adobe Reader, Adobe Flash, make sure you update uh, your MP3 players, your photo stuff, make sure everything's completely up-to-date, latest versions, then you should be all right. You do need a good backup, though, before you do wipe the drive. And you do need to wipe the drive, it sounds like. I mean, you've got, vi- you say, a bunch of viruses, wallpaper's gone missing, icons are gone missing, it's a, the system is in bad shape. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo is the phone number. All right, we're gonna. That's gonna be. <laughs> last week was a nightmare. Last week it was malware question after malware question because of a really nasty bug that spread around the internet very quickly last week. Uh, so that's gonna be the last time I'm gonna take. I'm gonna talk about this for the next three hours of the show. If you've got malware, if you've got a bug, if you've got an own infection, wipe the drive reinstall that's the bottom line and if you get a message very realistic looking message that says it's from microsoft security you've got viruses download our fix it's not true that is the virus trying to it's well it's a bad guy trying to get you download and install his virus so please please do not believe these pop-ups that say you have to download something you don't okay Microsoft Security Essentials, keep it up to date. Nod32, keep it up to date. That's all you need. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. So the tech guy is brought to you by my friends at carbonite backup done right automatic off-site online you gotta love it try it free for two weeks see how it works for you that's why we always say try it free get a sense of how it works for you by going to carbonite.com offer code leo carbonite.com offer code leo craig is in los angeles listening to our mothership the great kfi hello craig
3: Welcome. Taking my call. My pleasure. What can I do for you? Uh, yes, um, I don't know much about technology, and I just bought my first smartphone, and it has a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yay! Wondering, um, how safe is it uh, to uh, use my laptop and to do my banking or financial transactions uh, using the Wi-Fi spot, hotspot uh, on the on the smartphone?
0: I'm so glad to hear you ask that question, Craig. Uh, that's, that's exactly the right question to ask. One, uh, We don't pay enough attention to security. Uh, and, of course, you're on a, a, a wireless, which means in general that in order for wireless networking of any kind to work, you've got to broadcast and receive the data. It's floating through the air. So the way we secure ourselves on a wireless network is with encryption. You know what encryption is. It's a scrambling. It's encoding it. And encryption techniques are so good these days that it is uh, safe to say. I mean, it's never safe to say never or impossible in in anything, but especially in technology. But it's pretty safe to say that it is impossible uh, for a bad guy to get this data if you use the proper encryption. Now, all the phones I've seen that do hotspotting, allow you to turn on, in fact, I think they all require you to turn on WPA encryption. Is that right on yours, Craig? Does that make sense?
3: Uh, Yes, and I, I put a password in, too.
0: Perfect. You're safe. So what's happening is WPA or WPA2, which is even more preferable, is strong encryption. Now, I encourage you to use a strong password, too. If you use bacon as the password, for instance, or any word that's in the dictionary, it's a little easier for a bad guy to get into your stuff. If you use Eight or more random, truly random letters, numbers, punctuation, and characters, which means, of course, you can't remember it. But <laughs> I'll give you a, a little secret way to do this. But if you use random numbers, letters, punctuation, eight characters, then you're, you're safe as houses. They can't get in. You can bank. You can do everything. It's exactly as safe. In fact, might even be more safe than doing it uh, at home. So you're fine. Okay. Now, here's the key on the password. Oh, yeah. The best password is ra- is truly random. Anything that's not... Ra- the, the less random it is, the more easy it is for a bad guy to crack. And, of course, uh, English language words are the least random because they can... they can You know, it's a trivial for a program to take a dictionary of hundreds of thousands of words and try every one in rapid order. So we want to use something that's not in the dictionary. But there's the problem. The more random it is, the harder it is to remember. So... There's lots of ways to do this. You can do your car license plate plus your birth date. Or, you know, any set of apparently random. There, it isn't. It truly isn't random. But somebody would have to know your car license plate and your birth date. And they would have to know that you've used both of them. So, in other words, you can cobble together something that's random. One of the things I like to do is mix in... Uh, I like to use uh, uh, song lyrics. And take the first letter of each word in the song lyric, because I can actually in my head go through that, you know, my baby takes the morning train, M, B, T, T, M, T. That's pretty good. And then I uppercase the nouns. For instance, I put punctuation in that makes a good password. That's not truly not random and not as good as a real random password. But believe me, no, no bad guy's going to guess that unless <laughs> and I've got myself doing this the bad guy can hear you humming the song while you're typing in your password. Don't do that. <laughs> so maybe a song isn't the best thing, but you know, for instance, your light, your car license, um, uh, you, your, uh, I, you know, I use the phone, my phone number when I was a kid. That's a good one. I rem- you know, cause as a kid, i I memorized that number. So I would never forget it. That's a good password. If you add other stuff, intermix it with, uh, say, the first four initials of the first four presidents of the United States, things like that. Okay. That's a good one, for instance. Use the uh, the last ten presidents of the United States uppercasing Republicans. You get what I'm saying is you can make a random, seemingly random password that isn't, in fact, that's easy to recover. Okay.
3: Well, thank you very much.
0: You're welcome, Craig. You are safe, in other words. And I wanted to give that little lecture on passwords because uh, we use passwords so much and we really don't. Uh, treat them as as carefully as we ought to. For instance, I met a good friend who was one of our one of one of our podcast hosts the other day at the gym, and uh, she said her uh, Google, what was it? Google uh, checkout had been hacked. Google sent her a notice said you've it, been it's been hacked. And I said, oh dear, that's terrible. Uh, did you have a strong password? She said, yeah, but I, I only have three passwords, and I I have weak, medium, and strong, and I reuse them. And I said, oh. You really shouldn't reuse passwords because if one site gets hacked uh, through other means, then bad guys may, tr- you know, let's say Twitter gets hacked through other means, you know, they figure out your secret question or whatever it is. Then they're going to try that password on a bunch of other things just to see, just in case you have a Yahoo Mail or a Gmail account and see if you use the same password. So don't repeat passwords. Here's my best advice on passwords. Get the computer to help you. And a, and a great program... For this is called LastPass. It's free. LastPass.com, L A S T P A S S.com. I pay for this. So there's a higher level dollar a month pro account that gives you some additional features, but truthfully, the free one is all the features you need. It has plugins for all the browsers on all the platforms, including Android and iPhone. That's important. Uh, it has, it. Uh, trust me, I won't go through all the security that they use, but they uh, we've vetted it. Steve Gibson, who does my security podcast, spent a whole two hours talking about this program and what they've done to make it pr- protect you, and it's great. It will generate truly random passwords and remember them, which is nice. And so you only have to remember one password. That's your last pass password, and it remembers all the rest. It's a really, really good system. You've probably heard about uh, RoboForm or uh, on, the, on the Mac, uh, uh, First Pass, or, what is it, 1Password. Uh, there's a lot of programs like this. The best is LastPass because it runs on everything, including all your phones, all your mobile devices, your iPad. So it's really universal. That's important. I just love it. And uh, you just use that. Generate passwords with that. Uh, and then you'll always have a strong password. And you only have to remember one password. And that one password should be strong but doesn't have to be super strong. Just, just something uh, strong enough so that somebody can't just guess it. And then, bacon. That's probably not a good one. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. I'll tell you. You start using LastPass, you'll wonder why you didn't ever use it before. Let's go to Florida. Jonathan is there. He's a student. Hi, Jonathan. Leo Laporte, the tech guy.
4: Well, hey, Leo. It's uh, an honor to talk with you. Wow. Thank
0: you. Well, here I am. No honor, of course. It's just, just us geeks.
4: I had a quick question for you. Um, I'm a full time student, and uh, right now I have an Acer Aspire One netbook, but yeah. Comes to browsing the web, uh, listening to internet radio, such as, or, or watching Twit TV, um, while running Microsoft Office, it's a little too slow for what I need. So I was wondering if you had any opinions on perhaps the HP Pavilion DM1Z, or maybe you could recommend uh, a different brand. I'd, I'd like to stick with uh, Windows Seven because that's what I'm learning in my you know intro to computers class and whatnot.
0: But you want a small, light computer, right?
4: yeah I need it to be ultra portable because it's in my backpack with me every day all day um I like to- any netbook
0: is gonna be if you think that that Acer one is too slow, any netbook's gonna be too slow. They're all using the atom processor. there are faster atoms, but they're really uh, low and slow, cheap processors so i'm gonna have you spend a little bit i'm sorry i'm gonna ha- i'm gonna have you spend a little bit more money okay and get and this is a twelve inch very light, lovely battery life, very powerful the Lenovo X220 just came out a great choice for a student Leo Laporte the tech guy trying to think oh i get it kyle says this is passwords get it well it's jeopardy but you you get the idea leo laporte the tech guy 8888 ask leo that's the phone number if you've got a question a comment a suggestion you want to talk high tech we i had to rush along with our last caller he's a student he wanted a thin light but a little bit more juice laptop uh, than he has he bought a netbook. you know they the net it's funny how you don't hear people talk about netbooks much anymore they They were the computer industry's response to a recession. Uh, uh, Intel came up with the cheapest, junkiest chip they could. Remember, Intel uh, doesn't make as much money on a cheap chip as they make, because basically all the chips cost them roughly the same amount of make. So they want you to buy the higher-end chips. So they figured, well, if we're going to make a cheap chip, we really better make sure it doesn't compete with anything more powerful. So we're really going to make this thing dumb and slow, and then it can be cheap. They still don't like selling it because their margins on uh, the Atom, that's what the Atom processor is. It's very low. They don't make much money on that thing. So they prefer not to sell you a netbook. And then, of course, uh, in order to get a netbook into the three, $400 price range, you've got to use cheap components all around. So it's not only slow, but it's kind of um cheesy feeling. Nevertheless, the world really, you know, sat up and took notice of these netbooks because they were so affordable. We'd never seen $300 laptops. Wow, that's great! Until you use it. <laughs> and then you realize why it's so cheap. It's fine if you're not demanding. If you want something light, you can carry around. Um... There are still many, many, many very good, very light, very powerful systems out there. And my favorite, as I said right now, Lenovo makes very good hardware. He said he wanted Windows. Now, I think the MacBook Air, at the same price point as the Lenovo uh, X220, is uh, also a uh, a good choice for those who want a Mac. But that Lenovo is pretty spectacular. It just came out. It's the X220. You can kind of build it to have the capabilities that you're looking for, um, but it's very thin, very light, 12 half inch screen, which is big for a, a netbook or a, a notebook in this category. It does have a decent processor, an i5 or an i7. It's using Sandy Bridge, which means you get good battery life up to about eight hours, and then there's an additional battery slice you can add to the bottom that they say will give you up to 23 hours. It's three pounds. So it's good for a student. Windows 7, that's what he wanted. And then you can add the features that you want. It will that You can put an SSD drive in there. That will really enhance the speed and the cost. I think you get what you pay for, to be honest. Uh, this the, the reason this X220 is so good is because it's well-made. It's solid as a rock. It's got the best keyboard of any laptop made. And that, for a student, I think is also important. You're going to be writing papers on this. This isn't just taking the class. This is everywhere, including all your papers. I'll tell you who gave me uh, the tip on this is uh, Cory Doctorow, who is a professional writer, science fiction author, who uses these, uh, puts Linux on them. He doesn't leave Windows on them, but he uses Lenovo because he likes the keyboard. He's banging on it all day, thousands and thousands of words a day. That's, to me, something you're looking for as a student, right? So, so you know, they start at $1,000. bucks. they are not horribly expensive. If you've got a little more money, you can add another battery or you can... Uh, get a faster or larger drive or more RAM, but I think even the, the base X220 is very, very nice. This is a good choice for a student who wants Windows. Good, They now have HD webcams in them, 720p webcams. That's something else to look for these days. Everybody's using Skype and uh, doing video calling. Good choice. Let's go to Brenda in California. Hey, Brenda, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Brenda! Hi Leo. Hi Leo. Hey, welcome to the show. Yes, I'm here.
3: Hi, um, I am looking to um, build an e-commerce website, and I was wondering if you could recommend good software for that.
0: You want to do it yourself instead of having a provider do it?
3: Yes.
0: You're sure? I'll tell you why I'm trying to talk you out of it. Um, It first of all, it's only a good idea if you want to become an expert in how to build e-commerce websites. If you really want to be selling stuff. You'd probably want somebody else to run the software, manage the site for you, and do the merchant stuff for you. Because remember, you can't just build an e-commerce website. Now you have to get a merchant account so that you can take credit cards. And think about your customers. If I can go to Yahoo Business or Amazon and buy something, or Brenda's hot site and buy something, who am I going to trust? (laughs)
3: Yeah. So
0: unless your goal is to become an expert in e-commerce, I'd say don't do it yourself. Now have I talked you out of it? Um, no, I can tell not. <laughs> you really, you really want somebody else to do the hosting for you, the back end for you. Uh, and and uh, Amazon's a very good choice. They they will do it all for you. Many of your customers, I bet, will have an Amazon credit card on file. They'll have one click, and it's sure reassuring. I can speak for myself and think about your own self, Brenda. When you go out and buy stuff. If, uh, if it's an Amazon account that you're going to use to buy it, even if, it's, if I'm buying it from Brenda, but it's through Amazon, hey, I trust Amazon. Uh, Yahoo does the same thing. A lot of companies do it, but my favorite is Amazon. I think that's the best way to do it. If you really say, I've got to do this myself, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I don't run an, an, an e-commerce site and uh, because I don't recommend it. I haven't spent a lot of time researching it. I'm not sure w- who makes the best e-commerce engine. Remember, you're still going to have to get hosting. Uh, I would suggest probably going to somebody who offers e-commerce in their hosting package. And there are quite a few uh, good hosts out there who will do that. And then at least, you know, you've got an e-commerce system. It's built in because you're going to get hosting too, right? You're not going to run it out of your closet. I hope. <laughs> I pray. <laughs> hey, Kyle, is it? did you say Carbonite. Nod32, that's actually a, a good time to talk about Nod32 because uh, I said at the beginning of the show, we will do one and only one malware call. But boy, the malware is out there. And uh, if you're running Windows, boy, it's so important that you have some malware protection you know, on the system. I've said again and again, your behavior is critical. you got to make sure you're running Windows Update. You don't accept files from strangers and all that stuff. But you should also have a backstop so that if you accidentally click that link, there's something there that'll say, whoa, hold on, buddy boy. You didn't want to do that, did you? Stop, thief! And that's where Nod32 is so great. First of all, it doesn't slow your system down. It's so fast that you won't know it's running. It does, of course, have a very powerful, very quick virus engine. It's the fastest scanner out there. And that you got to have that so it can scan... You know, download signatures every day and make sure that you're you're clean. But even more important nowadays is this advanced heuristics engine it has that watches for virus-like activity even before the world knows about the virus. Because these viruses, there's tens of thousands of new viruses every week. Tens of thousands. So no signature updates going to make sure it covers everything. There's viruses that are being crafted right at you. Nod32 sees and stops them cold. You click that link that says, yes, I... I want to uh, install your quote spyware update nod 32 says "Whoa, no 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 it's like me sitting there in your computer saying no you didn't want to do that did you it'll quarantine it knock it cold and you won't have to worry believe me this is much better than the horrendous process of disinfecting your computer try it free for a month and you'll you'll agree it's the best nod 32 From a company called ESET, you go to eset.com slash leo for a 30-day test drive, or you can call 866-935-ESET. If you use Windows, please, for me, please use not 32 Leo Laporte, the
2: tech guy.
0: Uh, Let's see. It looks like JJ in New Jersey is next. Hey, JJ, Leo Laporte here.
2: Hey, Leo, thanks a lot for taking my call. I'm a huge, huge fan of yours. Thank you, JJ. Yeah, I have a couple of questions for you. I run a netcast network called The Voices on the Net Network, and I have the video streaming down pat, but what I want to do is I want to add audio streaming to it. Now, there's shoutcast servers, there's icecast servers. I believe you right. use an icecast server for you.: I use
0: icecast, yeah. Well- so the easiest way to do an audio stream is to go to someone like live365.com. And uh, send you'll send them audio from your computer, and they'll do the broadcasting. They have a directory and and so forth. Otherwise, you have to buy a server and server bandwidth. That's what we do, but it's you know it's non trivial. It's not a, not inexpensive. Um, and I run an Icecast server on that. I use Icecast because it's open source and compatible with Shoutcast. Those are the two of the very most common forms of streaming media. They play back on all platforms. Uh, almost everybody has a compatible program. iTunes is compatible. Winamp is compatible. Uh, It plays back on many phones as well. So it's a good choice for your technology. But if you're not running your own server already, you should go to Live 365. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. More calls right after this. Leo Laporte here, the tech guy, talking about computers, the internet, of course, but digital photography as well, and camcorders. Camp, does anybody buy camcorders anymore? I think they've gone the way of PDAs. You know what the hot topic is? Cell phones. That's, the, that's where all the advances are happening these days. If you have a question or you want to talk about digital technology of any kind, maybe help. Help you with a buying decision. We seem to get a lot of those. I love that. Uh, help you get the most out of your technology. This is it. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. Eight 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 two seven five five three six. Got a great uh, website, too. Uh, TechGuyLabs.com. The phone number's right on the front there. So if you remember that, that's probably all you need to do. TechGuyLabs.com. If you go there, you'll see uh, show notes from every show that we do. This is episode, what is it, 759. Yeah, whoa, I've been doing this for a long time. That's not even all the shows I've ever done. That's just since we started being the tech guy. We, I'm the royal we. Since we started being the tech guy. Uh, so techguylabs.com. you also find a link there to the chat. Always fun. There are a bunch of great people in there. And, of course, we keep it moderated so it's safe as well. 782 people in there right now. And with 782 people, we've got like a dozen moderators can we bowl please, Darth Emma, Dustin Hip, Houdini, Seven, Inferno 10, Kevin H, Life's A Zoo, Marmot, Mick, Tech Zen, Troubled, Warpoli. We're all in there. I'm in there too. TechGuylabs.com. Click the chat link. If you've ever if you've ever used chat, it's fun. If you've not, it might be a little overwhelming because it goes really fast past your past your face. But uh but it's it, you know, it's family friendly, let's put it that way. Uh there's also a link there to the live video. Hello. We stream uh, live uh, a, a video of this show, and in fact, of all the shows I do, by our good friends at UStream and Justin TV and BitGravity, provide bandwidth for that, and so that's nice. Anybody can do that, by the way. That's what's so cool about UStream TV or Justin TV. All you have to do is have a webcam, which most laptops have now. You can do your own show. We have a, a super PC is always in our chat room. He's a uh, how old are you, Super PC? 12, 13, 14? I think he's 14. And he's got his own show on Ustream. Isn't that cool? I mean, I think that's just great. Kids today. My son my son, uh, he sent me a text on uh, on Thursday or Friday and said, Hey, Dad, <laughs> tell all your followers to visit my music site. My son is uh, 16, and he's uh, he's into music. That's what his thing is uh you know he's a guitar player but he also really uh, is excited about electronic music that he can do on uh, on the computer he uses logic and uh uh yeah logic and uh uh reason on the mac and does really really wonderful stuff uh, so he, he said uh dad tell your tell your uh, fans that i've put my music up online and they can listen to it and uh, let me see if I can find his tweet. He said, he said uh, and I'll pick you a nice nursing home when I'm rich. <laughs> I'm not going to, I actually won't give out the uh, URL. If you want to find it, it's on my Twitter feed, Leo twitter.com slash Leo And the reason I'm not going to say it is uh, if, if they're all instrumental, but he picks sometimes some kind of profane <laughs> names for his, uh, for his music. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> hey, he's 16. He just discovered those words. Uh but it's a neat site actually that he's using, SoundCloud. Soundcloud.com lets you put up music, uh, share it with for free and share it and other people can listen to it, download it, comment on it. It's the same with music, with uh blogging, with photography, with video. It's just, you know, you can create a blog, you can post your videos. You can you know go to Vimeo and post your videos you can uh uh post your music on Soundcloud and all of these systems have comments and and I, now sometimes the comments are stupid. I don't recommend posting on YouTube for that reason because you get the most inane comments but vimeo somewhere like that where you get more intelligent commenting those guys uh will often give you useful feedback. I look at people what people are saying on Henry's Soundcloud and it's great because uh he says, dude, I like this, I didn't like that. And I think any artist, any creative, needs to get, in some gentle way, but useful way, peer feedback. You know, when you take a writing class in college, they often have you read it out loud to your class and then you get critiques. And the teacher's careful to make sure the critiques aren't hurtful, but they're, they're useful if they're done in the right way. Now, admittedly, comments on a blog or comments on a video site or SoundCloud are often hurtful. So we all have to get a thick skin about that, but it is very useful. You post your pictures on Flickr; you're often going to get great feedback that help you be a better photographer. That's part of uh, that's the social I was talking about. That's part of what's really remarkable about the internet. Artists for so many years kind of created alone; they would create, 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 write that novel, and then publish it and get the feedback. It's too late then, and it's and the really the big issue is that the the turnaround time is too slow and What's changed with, let's say digital photography is you get instant feedback, you get instant you you can look at your camera and see the picture immediately. You could take more, you could take hundreds of pictures, doesn't cost you anything, put them on Flickr, doesn't cost you anything. get that feedback and go back out the next day and take more pictures. So you get this instant turnaround, this iterative process that makes you better and better and better and faster and faster and faster. same thing with your music. Even novelists are doing this now. I have friends who post chapters online as they write. On their blog, and let you read them and comment on them. And books have gotten even, this is most often done with nonfiction, but even fiction books have gotten better because of this. This, we call it iterative process of uh, create, get critiqued, go back, create, get critiqued. It's a circular process that you get better and better, faster and faster. I think it's one of the most exciting things that's going on. Uh, let's see. So moving along to Gary in Ohio. Hi, Gary, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hello, Leo. Welcome to the show.
5: Yeah, I'm really glad to hear you there. I'm i I'm just tickled pink, uh, uh, to actually talk to you. I have been a big fan for a long time. I used to watch on tech TV to. Well,
0: thank you.
1: Thank you.
5: And, uh, anyhow, and I also wanted to thank you very much for this, uh, 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 PR support you've been giving ham radio.
0: Oh, I'm so excited about this! We actually have a ham in studio with us right now. Uh, Larry Martinez is a professor at Cal State Long Beach and also a ham. We I made friends with a guy named Bob Heil. He makes all my microphones. This great Heil PR40, and he's a ham. In fact, he makes mics because he was a ham and he wanted better ham mics. And he's talked me into doing a ham radio show on our podcast network.
5: Fantastic! Yeah, I actually have been watching you. your show here live uh, streamed on. Oh, so you
0: know about it because I've been talking about it behind the scenes, yeah.
5: Oh, WA6, I think it was MVJ,
0: was it? Is it uh, MVJ? Yeah, WA6, MVJ. Larry's in the studio with us. Yeah. And what's I'm- your What's your call sign? Are you a ham, Gary?
5: Oh, yeah, 40, uh, 48 years now. W-B-8-R-O-L. Though that was not my first call. But- That's great.
0: So I, I, You know, yeah. so Bob Heil is going to do a show uh, on our podcast network. I think it'll be Friday evenings. It's going to be called Ham Nation, and which I think is a great name, and uh, and we'll probably launch that in the next few weeks. So uh, just keep your eye on twit.tv for that. Uh,
5: I watch I watch all your shows, and I saw Bob on uh, uh, the Gizwiz here. Uh, Isn't
0: he great? Yeah. I just love Bob. Yeah,
5: fantastic uh, ham there, and fantastic guy. Period. So anyhow. I, um I've just recently came into the 21st century here with a Roku box. Oh, isn't that great? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I actually had a have a Seagate uh, uh box here too. I I got before that, but
0: I think they're interesting. There's a lot of the Let's can I put you on hold, Gary, and, and we'll come back cuz we d- we do need to take a break, but I want to come back and talk about these boxes. Uh I you know Roku's not a sponsor or anything. I just happen to think they're <laughs> they're so really wonderful. So we'll talk about the idea of something that connects your television, your your television in the living room, to the Internet. And by doing so, just completely uh, explodes the abilities that your TV has. Gives you so much more interesting stuff. So hang on, Gary. I'd love to talk to you more about that in just a second. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Well, more calls right after this. This is my son's? How'd you find that? He likes the He likes the dubstep. Yeah, no, it's all instrumental. Just don't just don't read the titles. You're okay. <laughs> well, there he goes. That's his first uh, nationwide exposure. Henry, I am going to count on you to pick me a good nursing home, okay? Spend some money on me, boy. And Kyle too, because Kyle's the one playing it. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo, Leo LaFort, the tech guy. <laughs> we were t- back to the phones. We were talking to Gary. He's a ham in Ohio. Do hams mind? I asked. Uh, I asked uh, Bob Heil this, and I'll ask you this, Gary and Larry too, is a ham in our studio. Is ham okay? Is it okay to say ham? That's not derogatory, is it?
5: Oh no, not not at all. It's uh, it's pretty natural for us to refer to each other as ham.
0: Just, okay, good. Not, yeah. We, we were thinking of this week in amateur radio, but it seemed like a little little long. And I think there is a this week in amateur radio, so we decided on Ham Nation, which I think is a little more memorable. Anyway,
5: it's a little form uh, form uh, formal, I guess. But I yeah. thought of another one. Uh, yeah, uh, what? You know, uh, uh, how about ham intervention? <laughs> and the only reason I. <laughs> only Larry's is- <laughs> nodding, so
0: obviously there's a joke there. Yeah.
5: Well, it's because the the biggest convention in the world for hams is called Hamvention in Dayton. Ah, got it, got it. Ham okay, intervention. So, I love it. Yeah, so, but so I we were talking about we were
0: talking about boxes attached to the TV that will give it internet capability. Of course, nowadays many TVs, LG and others, are coming with Ethernet on the back and software you have to have run some software on the TV to make this work you can't just plug into the internet and have it work you have to have some software that gives a directory and lets you surf and so forth uh, but there are many other boxes including one called the boxy box Roku's currently still my favorite a lot of blu ray players also come with this capability in my opinion the bottom line the minimum any player should be capable of of course is Netflix streaming and all of them are capable of that that's kind of the must have even a ps3 xbox 360 in a week can stream netflix and then after netflix it's a question of what other additional features you have the apple tv for instance adds itunes and the itunes store um the roku doesn't have itunes but it has so much more than the apple tv that i have to say this 69 to 99 dollar box is a really to me a good choice if you don't already have such a thing it does netflix streaming it does amazon Amazon is not only doing some streaming now, but they also uh, support Amazon sales. And you can buy and rent movies and TV shows from Amazon. So that's great. It also supports Hulu. I think that's really important because a number of the networks are using Hulu, H-U-L-U, to uh, put their shows online. Uh, so that's a great addition. And all, the whole idea of this is, yeah, you could always do this on your computer, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. But, but I don't want to sit in front of my computer and watch this. I want to sit in the living room. I want to sit on the couch and watch it on my TV. And that's what this capability adds.
5: It's also, the fact that my wife doesn't want to sit in front of the, the computer no. to, and, and watch with me.
0: <laughs> I have to say, I have done this, and I know I have friends who have done this. My wife and I lie, lie, lie in bed. We don't do this anymore, but we used to lie in bed, and I'd have a laptop between us, and we'd watch a show that way. It's not ideal. Yeah.
5: And and you've been uh, gushing a lot about uh, Netflix, but, boy, I tell you, you couldn't gush any more than I do. Isn't it great?
0: (laughs) Now, what's happening? I have to say what's happening here. And I I watched Netflix uh, streaming last night. Netflix started as a DVD. Oh, and I guess I have to say this disclaimer. They just started advertising on the podcast, so I have to say this disclaimer. They are an advertiser. But believe me, I'd be saying exactly the same thing before they advertised They are moving from their original model, which was DVD by mail, to streaming and it's I don't know if it's what they want, but it's what the movie companies really want because you it's very hard to pirate a stream. It's easy to pirate a DVD. So so they the movie companies are putting a intense pressure on Netflix. And Netflix is, you know, and frankly I think customers don't mind. The only difference between streaming and a DVD is quality. If you have enough bandwidth, it's you know I was watching Aliens last night on Netflix streaming. It was when I first started pressing play, you know what what happens with the streaming is Netflix or any streamer will look at your bandwidth and say, "Okay, well, what quality stream can I send?" And the first stream I got, well, the way Net, the way uh, Roku box does it, is there are, they'll do four dots and then HD. If you have the most, if you have plenty of bandwidth, it'll all four dots will light up and the HD will light up. Then you're going to get a, it's not full 1080p, it's 720p HD movie. But the first time I started playing Aliens back on the Roku, I got two dots. And I thought, oh, this is going to look terrible. It actually didn't look so bad. But what I did is I stopped the movie and restarted it. And then it went all the way to HD. So maybe Henry was downloading something when I started the movie or whatever. But once I got the HD bandwidth, it stayed HD through the whole movie. And I thought even on my 50-inch plasma, it looked pretty good.
5: Wow. Overall, I've, I've seen excellent quality. Uh, of-
0: it's not blue. Look, it's not, if you get a Blu-ray disc on a big TV and look at it versus uh, the streaming, it's not as good as Blu-ray. But you're right. It's good enough
5: but i just i've just recently like i say come into the 21st century because prior to at the same time I'm, uh, uh, i uh i got my first uh uh hd tv before that i was running a 19 inch uh <laughs> i think benjamin franklin may have made
4: <laughs> it is a big jump isn't it you do
0: feel like wow i just leaped 100 years
5: i know it's like i i got in a time machine and all of a sudden i'm i'm not on the computer so much anymore
0: yeah yeah no, I, I I'm I'm a big fan. Roku uh, R O K U dot com. You can buy them uh, all over the place. Amazon sells them. Everybody sells them. Um, get the one that's right for your TV. So if you do have a good HD TV with an HDMI connector, get the top of the line. That'll give you HDMI and 30 second skip, which is kind of handy. Um, but there, you know, it's I think it's 99 bucks. Uh, they recently dropped and the one other
5: uh, feature on there that's kind of a clues, which I hope they come out with another unit later, is actually. Uh, the Seagate box I have, you can actually uh, get some channels and stream, including Netflix. But you can also—it's uh, uh, got built into it—being uh, able to stream from my NAS box and anything else on the local. Right. How to
0: you- be honest, the WD does that as well. Uh, older stuff, the boxy does it. Uh, the the. But to be honest, I think that is a feature that is going to uh, eventually disappear, because. Uh, it's really a tip of the hat to us old-timers who have a lot of content on our hard drives. Remember, this is all about getting rid of piracy. So what they really want to do is do it all streaming, not from the hard drive, because then then you have an incentive to rip a DVD. They don't want you to do that. So I would, you know, now, Roku, if you dig around, they can play back slideshows from SmugMug and Flickr. They They do have a USB port, so they can play back some. Uh, local content, but I don't, to be honest, I think that's something that's going to be disappearing. Not. I, yeah, because, it, this, look, it's all about making Hollywood happy, unfortunately.
5: They they do have a private channel that you can add in to, to do that, right? on a, a server on your uh, a computer, yeah, keep it yeah. running. So,
0: yeah. I, for a while, I thought that was the future, where people would have their own content on their own servers in their house, but it's too expensive, complex. It's a geek thing to do. It's not a normal person thing to do. A normal person likes the idea, ultimately, and not even buying a Roku box, but having it built into the TV or built into the Blu-ray player, they just use their special remote control to surf around and find stuff. And that's really what's, that's where we're headed. You know, we're going uh, this week to the National Association of Broadcasters show, the NAB show in Vegas. I expect we'll see a lot of stuff about this because this is where broadcasters want to go to. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. to you by my internet service provider dsl extreme for high-speed internet at an amazing price call 866 the number two get net to get dsl extreme leo laporte the tech guy my phone number if you want to talk tech is 8888 ask leo that's a uh, toll free anywhere in the u.s plus 1-888-827-5536 and uh, let's see here. Moving on to where we did. We, did I finish, Gary? <laughs> Gary, did I finish with you? <laughs> I wasn't sure I was still on or not. <laughs> I think I did. We talked about Roku and everything. Did you have a question?
5: Well, one thing, uh, a comment I make, I might make though. You know, you mentioned about the ultimate goal is to get it all in the television. You know. Right, as opposed to a sit-top box, but right right now, uh, I think it's kind of advantageous having something like a Roku that gets updated more than maybe an individual. Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah,
0: you know, And in uh, fact, in fact, of- uh, if the TV if the Roku breaks, the TV's not broken, right? So separates sometimes aren't a bad way to go. And I think a lot of audiophiles have always been fans of separates. Uh, but I'm talking about normal people <laughs> who just want we just want the capability, they don't want the complexity of another box, another remote, all of that.
5: Yeah, but when they eventually get it down, uh, pat to the ninth, and it's all standardized in, in the TV, and we forget about it.
0: Precisely, and really, if you think about it, that's the end game—that your TV doesn't care where content comes from. Right now, it can only get content from cable or satellite. Maybe if you have an antenna from the air, but ultimately, the TV should be a player that doesn't—that's agnostic about where the content comes from. And what better place for the content to come from than the Internet?
5: Right. Because I I tell all my ham buddies all the time, I said, another decade or or so and all those big television towers, they're going to be gone.
0: Oh, yeah. Analog broadcast is inefficient. Now, it's interesting because the FCC did make television go digital and they will eventually make radio go digital. And the reason for that is you can get much more data uh, in the same – you're in a ham, you know this – in the same spectrum – if it's digital, then if it's analog. So uh, the whole idea here is to take, you know, one thing there's a limit on. That's the amount of airspace, the amount of spectrum available, at least really usable spectrum available. And uh, so we want to maximize that. And so the best way to maximize it right now is to make all, all of the users be uh, packetized digital data. Then you can get more data on the same spectrum, uh, more channels, more variety. But ultimately, why are we putting it in the air when we've got all this Internet capability? Uh, fur- furthermore, uh, uh, we've got all this dark fiber. There's a huge amount of unused data capacity under the ground in the U.S. We highly overbuilt during the uh, the tech boom of, uh, you know, the, the 1990s and the early 2000s. We highly overbuilt all this. So we have a huge amount of data capability, data carrying capability that's not used. They call it dark fiber because it's not lit up yet. Uh, now, on the other hand, as you wander around with your mobile phone, you sure like to get it through the air and that's another problem is that we are quite bandwidth constrained that way so uh one of the reasons the f c c took back this seven hundred megahertz spectrum from broadcasters is they wanted to use it for mobile and they had they did they sold it to at t and Verizon because uh, that's where it's really needed The wireless is needed for people walking around you don't need wire you don't need you know, an antenna to your home. Your home's got the copper, or the or the glass. The other, the only thing that really worries me about all this, and this is where this net neutrality debate is so important. And there's, by the way, some breaking news there, which I'll give you in a second. Is that unfortunately, the reaction of companies? Well, who's the number one internet service provider in the United States? Do you know? It's Comcast. By far. What's Comcast's other business? Oh, they're a cable company. And they just bought NBC, didn't they? So they create content. They distribute content over the cable. And they have this little internet business. Well, wait a minute. If you start getting your TV shows over the internet, that could be a problem for Comcast, couldn't it? You, you have a couple of ways you can watch an NBC show right now. You can watch it on Comcast on your local channel, which you know, is making money for Comcast, or you can watch it on the Internet over your data. There's a couple of ways you can watch everything now, right? You can watch it over the cable, or you can watch it over the data. Problem is the data, Comcast currently charges the same amount for every bit. There's no there's no premium bits on the Internet. A bit is a bit. So whether you're watching uh, Jabbering Monkeys on YouTube, or The Sopranos on HBO, it costs exactly the same to you. That's not true on the cable, is it? You pay extra for The Sopranos. You pay extra for HBO. Those are premium bits on the cable. So you see the problem here. Comcast wants you to pay those extra premium bits. They don't like the idea of you getting bits at wholesale, which is what the Internet is. And this is where net neutrality is so important, because. The Internet was designed for all bits to be the same. It really is the kind of a fundamental concept. All of the things that we talk about, all of the exciting uh, innovations and revolutionary things that are happening on the Internet, the ability for you to, for instance, become a broadcaster, happen because you have full, free, unfettered access to your audience via the Internet. That's what net neutrality is supposed to protect. But Comcast doesn't want net neutrality. That's a bad thing for Comcast. They'd like to charge more if you watch The Sopranos. They'd like to charge you more if you watch Google. They'd like to make more money. So what are they doing? Well, they're they're attacking it in two different ways. One, they they're they're attacking it in uh, DC. They they're they're uh, they're going after net neutrality regulations. They're trying to tell the FCC you cannot enforce this. The House of Representatives repealed federal Internet access rules on Friday because companies like Comcast, we got the best Congress money can buy, told their members of Congress, we don't like that, and the members of Congress listen to them, not us. So they repealed those rules. That means that uh, Comcast has a free hand. The other way they're going after it is after us, by giving us caps on our Internet access. AT&T just announced, if you're an AT&T DSL customer, you're only going to get 150 gigabytes a month. Comcast, about about a year ago, said 250. And both companies have said, Oh, but don't worry, only a, a small percentage of you bandwidth hogs would ever use that much data. This doesn't affect you normal people. Well, guess what? If you start watching TV on the Internet, it affects us all. This is a preemptive strike to prevent you from watching TV on the Internet because Comcast doesn't make enough money at that. That's what net neutrality is all about. That's what the fight is all about. Comcast says, no, no, we don't want you buying bits at wholesale. We want you paying premium prices for this content, whether you watch it on the Internet or on our cable system. We don't want you watching on the internet, so we're going to make sure that you can't have enough bandwidth to do so, because we have to protect the network against bandwidth hogs. You see, we're doing, you know, oh, we have to do this. This is to protect you, regardless of all this uh, dark fiber and uh, extra capacity lying around. No, 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 no. Don't pay no attention to that. And secondarily, uh, they're they're saying, well, government should not be involved in regulating the internet. And I, I understand that's actually a pretty good argument, but. There's a reason why they don't want government involved in regulating the Internet. (laughs) They want to keep that that old business model of charging you lots of money for the Sopranos alive. So just be aware of that. You know, the Roku box, cool. Watching the Internet on your television, cool. There are people out there, mostly your Internet service providers, who don't want you to do that. They don't want you to do that. They don't make enough money off of you. 8888 Ask Leo. I am Leo Laporte, the tech guy. You know you can with the new guitar band or garage band on the on iPad. There's a bass guitar. You can do this exact thing. <laughs> Leah Laporte! I've never heard the rest of it. They never play that much on Seinfeld. <laughs> Leah Laporte, the tech guy, our phone number eight 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 two. 275536. Let's go to Dan, is calling from Israel. Wow. Hi, Dan. Hi, Leo. How are you? I'm great. Welcome. I, I presume you're on Skype. Yeah, I'm safe. Sounds great. What can I do for you?
4: Okay, I got, I've got two questions for you. Okay. The first one is I want a recommendation for a digital camera
5: for a five year old.
0: A digital camera for
4: five-year-olds?
0: Yes. <laughs> wow. Um, that's actually a great idea uh, because digital is in many ways easier for a kid. Um, and um, their cost to you is, is zero once you buy the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask if the chat... Re- I, I've seen these in the past. They're just little plastic uh, digital cameras. No, no, no. I'm just...
5: I don't want the little. I don't want little plastic ones. Little plastic ones are, are garbage.
0: We had. Well, they are garbage. But this is a five-year-old. So you're saying your five-year-old uh, deserves something good.
4: He deserves something that can take a decent picture.
5: He can. He can hold the. He knows to hold the camera. He knows to press the button. He's not going to drop it. He also
6: knows that he can't play with it without mommy and daddy.
0: I actually think it's a great idea. To be honest, um, if your kid is 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 uh, you know kind of mature enough. To get it, and boy, you know, look it. You want to make a, uh, you want to make the next Tiger Woods. Get him playing golf at five. You want to make the next, uh, uh, you know, um, who's a great tennis player. <laughs> you get them started at five. They all start young. So I think it's probably true that uh, if you want to, if you want the next Ansel Adams, it wouldn't hurt to give him a, a not a great camera. You're not getting him in a Nikon, uh, you know, uh, D3 or anything, but uh, but a decent camera. He's played with my Nikon D3000. <laughs> yeah. I would say uh, there are a couple of things that you would you, you would look for. First of all, ease of use is going to be paramount. A five-year-old is not going to be able to twiddle do- knobs and change settings and all of that stuff. It's just uh, too difficult. Um, Kodak is probably the premier manufacturer in that realm. The other thing that you probably want to avoid uh, is a camera that would be sensitive to peanut butter and drool. Uh, i i'm being facetious but obviously a kid's not going to have the same respect for the camera and you know might fall on the ground and, and things like that so you want a camera that is robust but you still want good imaging my choice for this is the kodak easy share sport uh, the advantage of the easy share uh the kodak system is very simple it's really made not for kids but for grown-ups who are scared of technology
4: that my wife kids. I got my wife an easy share to put in their pocketbook.
0: Exactly. Good image quality. We're not we're not talking a sacrifice in image quality. The Easy Share Sport is designed to be waterproof, dustproof, really great for a kid. I think it's rounded edges. Look, my concern with a 5-year-old would be uh, manual dexterity, um but if uh, you know, he's uh, pretty good uh, with buttons. It's got you know, you've seen the Easy Share, it's roughly the same. Uh, I love the price, $80. So And it's 12 megapixels. I mean, you're not talking uh, Fisher-Price here. This is a decent camera. So the, this is brand new, just came out uh, last few months. It's the EasyShare Sport C123. And it comes in colors, which is cool, red, gray, or blue. I think a kid would like that. It really feels like a, a camera that a kid could get used to, could kind of like. But at the same time, it's not uh, patronizing to the kid. This is a real camera. 12 megapixels. It's got a flash. It's got video. Okay. Great. Hey, great. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Dan. It's great to know we've got listeners in Israel. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, this is a, this is, Kodak has always done the easiest to use cameras. Um, and so uh, that, that was the first thing I said, well, well, we'll go with Kodak. And as soon as I saw that they had a waterproof, dustproof, fingerprint proof <laughs> camera, I said, that's the ticket right there. And, it's kind of nice. The price is right. Price is right. Love that. Hey, let's take a break. When we come back, I, I, uh, we've got lots of calls. Mike's in Lake Forest. He's next. Actually, uh, yeah, he's next. He's got an access denied, access denied error message, and it's actually denying him from the most important thing you can do on Windows. So we'll see if we can fix that problem just a bit. Also, John in Kentucky, he wants digital cable on his computer. Oh, they they kind of messed it up, didn't they? Well, we'll talk about what's going on there too. But right now it's time to talk about backup. I got to do this every week. Well, partly because Carbonite pays me for the ads, but also, <laughs> well, why not? But also because it is an important issue. In fact, you know, I'm very careful, very selective about the advertisers uh, on this show. I uh, I only uh, do advertisements for people I actually use, I recommend, used before the ads. And this is a good example. These guys are great. I had dinner with a David Friend, the founder of Carbonite, uh, last year. Uh, he's out in Boston, but he came out and we, it was so great. Uh, and he told me the story of how he started Carbonite and it really resonated for me. His daughter was in college. David's a serial entrepreneur. He started the ARP synthesizer company. I mean, he's a brilliant engineer. But, it, you know, he was, he was kind of living, you know, semi-retired, taking it easy. And his daughter went to college and called him after the first semester said, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I accidentally erased my thesis. What am I going to do? And he and he said, oh, there's got to be a better way. So he said, we're going to make a backup solution that's automatic, that works even if you lose your backups, that backs it up to the Internet. Uh, you don't have to think about it, and it's 100% reliable, and he created Carbonite. And it's kind of full circle because my daughter, freshman in college this year, What's she running on her laptop? You better believe it's Carbonite. First of all, it's affordable, $55 a year. You don't have to worry about the amount of backup. It's all the, uh, all the data on your internal drive, however much it is. It backs up whenever you're connected to the Internet. So even as she wanders around school, of course, most colleges, Wi-Fi everywhere. But this is true for anybody with any laptop or desktop, Mac or PC. Automatic backup to the Internet, and you can get that data back anytime. Just log on to your Carbonite account. You don't have to wait for disaster if she's at the library, forgot her laptop, she logs on the library computer, there's her, there's her work. She can get right to it. It's cloud storage as well as backup. They even have iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android apps. It's such a good system. I want you to try it free for two weeks. Carbonite.com, offer code LEO. That's two weeks free, no credit card needed. And if you decide to buy, use LEO when you check out because they'll take that 12-month $55 subscription and extend it to 14 months, two months free. Carbonite.com. Offer code, Leo. You got to back it up to get it back. So do it right. Carbonite. Uh, Mike Lake Forest, California. You're next, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Mike.
6: Hi, Leo. How you doing? Wonderful. Great. How are you today? Well, I'd be doing a lot better if I didn't have this nasty uh, access denied error code <sighs> that that won't allow me to update uh, any uh, Windows files. So, wow, that's pretty um, serious.
0: Are you logged in? uh, Are you, are you able to log in as administrator? Yes, I am. So when you run the uh, Windows update, you're running it as an administrator. Right, right. That's, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, because that would be one reason. If, you know, Windows needs to have administrative access to uh, update itself.
6: Yeah, well, let me set you up on this. This is a uh, Vista with SP1 on it. And this is my daughter's laptop uh, that she hasn't, I found out, hasn't been able to make Windows updates since November. I just got it back from her since she came back for Uh uh, spring break. So... Uh I'm trying to help
0: her out. You know, come to think of it, I'm sure my daughter has not updated her system either. <laughs> of course. You know, that's one more thing. Let's add to their uh, laptops besides Carbon. I'm carbonite lab. Go to assist so we can log into it and update. <laughs> um, but that's the first thing I'll do when she gets back from school. Of course, I'll run uh, updates, make sure she's clean. You know, I'll run scans and so forth. So that's a little weird that it can't update it. I'm worried that perhaps she's got a bug on it because that is one thing. That happens when malware gets on a system. It will often block updates.
6: Yeah, I understand that. And actually, that was—I was leading up to that. I had, uh, you know, this is a, a Dell uh, Inspiron 1525. That's her laptop. And uh, I had tech support help me out a little bit with this, and they ran some virus detection app, and they claimed that they could—they saw a couple of uh, viruses.
0: That what I would expect. Yeah.
6: Okay, and I, I went to McAfee, because I had McAfee on here, and you know ran a full scan, didn't detect anything. I went to them, and they ran something uh, on... Uh,
0: hey, I, we're, we're running out of time, so let me cut to the chase. It, probably she doesn't have a lot of data on there anyway. I would back up her data and uh, just start her from fresh, re- restore from the system recovery disks, uh, and run the update. Huh? Yeah. I mean, really, why? First of all, this is a good time to do it. I'll probably do this with Abby's system as well. Um, You know, just uh, just start it over. Uh, There there won't be a whole lot of data. It'll be easy to back it up, I'm sure. Uh, It gives you a backup, which is nice. And then a nice, fresh system for her for next semester. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Well, a good day to you leo laporte here the tech guy and it's time to talk about computers the internet cell phones and camcorders mp3 players home theater i would say the same things i think i could start checking some boxes removing some of the uh, items from that list for instance we don't really talk about camcorders much anymore do we everybody's got a camcorder it's called your camera your, your still camera or your 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 cell phone, both do a pretty credible job of video, and they're not these big bulky boxes you have to carry around and swap in tape and all so forth. I guess I don't need to talk about camcorders anymore, do I? But I will if you have a question. We still, you know, I still buy camcorders. Uh, because we uh, we use them uh, to stream the video that uh, we stream out of all, all the shows. I do about twenty two shows a week uh, about computers, technology, uh, security, social media, that kind of thing on our Twit network. And um, and we don't. We started with just doing audio. They were they were just podcasts, and now we do video versions of every show. And we stream live video uh, 24/7 at twenty four uh, seven at live dot dot tv, and uh, including this show and. Uh, Right now, we use kind of fancier prosumer cameras from Canon. They're about five years old, called the XL2s. But I'm building a new studio, and uh, we're looking into cameras. And guess what? We're probably going to use $1,000 consumer-grade camcorders. Because the quality is so good, it's plenty good enough for a live stream on the Internet. It's better, in fact, than these five-year-old $8,000 cameras. <laughs> oh, man. And there's another reason and this is probably the more important reason. Things are moving very quickly in that area and I don't want to spend a lot of money on a camera that's going to be obsolete in a year or two. So will these are kind of stopgaps. So the, I guess we do I guess I do pay attention to camcorders but it's kind of a specialized uh, use and I certainly don't care about uh, the tape mechanism or what it's recording to because we never record to the the camera itself. We only record to the uh well, to the, we stream it. We we use a box called a Tricaster, a wonderful box called Tricaster that we use to switch the cameras, and then it streams it out to, to a uh, machine that records separately. So uh, now uh, we have to, you know, kind of. I'm go. We're going to go to the National Association of Broadcasters show. I will be streaming from there uh, starting on Monday at live. Twit. Tv, and uh, there'll be a lot of cameras, a lot of cameras, a lot of consumer grade as well as prosumer and professional camcorders. So. I guess you could ask me about that. We don't answer questions about PDAs anymore. <laughs> the Palm Pilot, as cool as they were, and I was a big fan, and I used Palms and uh, lots of different PDAs for a long time. Remember the Sony Clié? That was a great little PDA. But everybody's got one now in their pocket. It's called their cell phone. Smartphones have really uh, become the area of growth right now. That's where all the exciting stuff is happening. But whatever you are in the mood to talk about, I will talk about with you. Now, uh, we were talking uh, before the uh, news at the top of the hour with uh, a a dad in Israel whose uh, daughter's laptop couldn't be updated. She was in school and college, and uh, she came home, and uh, no updates possible. It said access denied. Almost always that's a sign of a virus. Now, there's always the debate, well, what do you do if you've got a virus? And I'll tell you, there's only one answer in my book. Start over. Fortunately, it's pretty easy. He has a Dell, and uh, Dells are pretty easy. They either will have come with system recovery disks or nowadays very often have a special partition, a recovery partition. You can just go into that partition, run it, and it'll erase the drive and start fresh, including all the bad juju on there, the malware. Now, don't forget to back up her data before you do that, or you'll hear from her. You know, Get all the music off, all this stuff. All the you know the document files and all that stuff save those off. It's good to make a backup of those anywhere. Then you can do the restore. That'll get rid of the malware, and you'll be good to go. And I think she'll thank you because her system will be faster too. It's kind of just spring cleaning. It's a good thing to do anyway. I do it regularly. Let's go to uh, Kentucky. John is on the line. Our next caller. Hey, John Leo Laporte, the tech guy.
7: Good afternoon, Leo. It's John down at Bowling Green.
0: Great to hear from you.
7: I'm one of those ham operators, K4SFD, short, fat deck. <laughs> short, fat deck. I like it. <laughs> fat deck, yeah. What I was calling about is uh, Insight Cable down here is uh, making some changes, and I've got my uh, HP Media Center uh, computer here that's got the built-in tuner. And my cable goes straight to that, and I'm able to uh, schedule my programs and stuff like that, but come july when they make the switch over that is not going to work and i was wondering what i can do to uh, accommodate that so i can continue to be able to do what i have uh, done for the last two years
0: yeah you know you're lucky actually your cable system has been slow to make this change uh we're comcast here in uh, the in the tech guy labs and uh they took advantage of consumer confusion over the FCC digital change with broadcast yeah. to kind of sneak in digital cable uh, boxes. You know, they want you to use digital. Uh, for the reasons I talked about last hour, which is uh, that digital takes less space. They have a only a certain amount of bandwidth on that copper going into your house, the cable company, and yeah. uh, they would like to get as many channels on it as possible, and the digital box does that. It allows them, instead of, uh using a whole bunch I can't remember what it is but a whole bunch of bandwidth for the analog channel they can get I I think it's like 10 or 20 channels on that same space yeah. so they're going to move to digital the FCC uh I believe tells them that they are not allowed to go digital on some of the local channels I think local I think locals will stay analog but but you should check with them so you'll your your tuner won't die completely but it will only be able to uh, to tune the un the analog channels, basically the the unchanged channels, the ones that moved to digital.
7: They said everything is going to go digital. They said I wouldn't get anything on the.
0: Uh, uh, well, there you go. I th- I was pretty sure that the FCC said you have to keep some keep the uh, locals analog, but there there are rules. You know, you may be, you know, it depends on if you can get locals over the air. For instance, they may not have that same requirement. That kind of
7: thing. Yeah, I have the NTSC and ATSC.
0: Right. So ATSC is over-the-air encoding. That uh, you, you, know, you put an antenna up, and you'll be able to get a digital ATSC. That's terrestrial. Then uh, the cable uh, also used something called QAM, Q-A-M. Yeah. And QAM, there's clear QAM, which means it's unencrypted, that you could, if you had a digital receiver, you could see it. And then there's uh, scrambled QAM, QAM, yeah. which you can't see unless you have the actual official cable box.
7: Yeah. So as I understand, and I am an ex broadcast engineer, so I
0: pretty well. Oh, well, you understand all this then?
7: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so you're 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 getting. Uh, I presume it's all digital. It's all cable. It's not. You're not doing any over the air OTA stuff.
7: Right. Okay. So as I understand it, uh, the uh, tuner that I've got in my computer right now. If I take their box and hook it to my computer, I can get those things.
0: That's right, but how are you going to change a channel? You have to change it on the box,
7: right? So I just blows my my whole scheduling thing just totally out of water, right?
0: Because you can't do it on the in software unless you get an IR blaster. Yeah, you know, which little infrared device it hooks up to the computer, and then actually it's a remote control. You put it in front of the uh, the set top box, and it changes the channels in the set top box. What you really want is a QAM uh tuner in your computer right <clears throat> and there are companies Hopog makes these h I don't, I don't know how to spell Hopog. Hopog. hop hog uh it's a town in long island it was a bad name for a company let me tell you uh there's <laughs> i there are a number of companies i use if on my mac i use elgato products they also can do quam you're gonna you're gonna look for a quam qam capable tuner you know that yeah Now, if cable card or RF card were, uh, you should ask the cable company if they support that, and then maybe you'd get some hardware that would effectively turn your computer into a cable box. That would have been a good solution, except the cable companies decided they liked the rent for the cable box a little better than the cable card. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, 8888, ask Leo, we've been talking about the mess that has uh, become television, especially if you want to watch TV on your computer. This is, again, I want to tell you, this is, we were talking about Roku boxes and uh, things like that. This is inevitably where we're going to go. Those of you who wanted to use a computer hooked up to your television set are still struggling and I don't think there is going to be a good solution. You're going to end up saying, well, I'm going to hook up my cable box to my TV. This is what they want. And I'm going to end up using a Roku or an Ethernet-enabled television or Blu-ray player. And that's how I'm going to get the Internet stuff. And we'll just leave it at that. This whole idea of using a PC as a home media center, even Microsoft has kind of given up on. Uh, and, you know, it's really resistance from the cable companies that make this difficult. So the cable companies did have something called cable card. The idea is it's a credit card that you plug into a computer, usually a TV tuner card that goes into your computer, that tells the card, hey, I'm a cable box, and I'm legit, and I'm licensed, and they're paying the fee, and so go ahead and de-scramble those those, uh, QAM signals and the other signals that are coming in over the cable. In other words, allows your computer to replace your set-top box, the one that you rent from the cable company. Of course, you have to rent the cable card. There were some problems with cable card. It was one way only. They didn't have interactivity, things like that. So now there's a new f- new standard called the M card, and the M card replaced the cable card. And if you are lucky, uh, you call your cable company, and and they'll come out. Usually they roll a truck, believe it or not. They don't just you can't just go in and get the the card. They want to set it all up for you. And of course you have to find a tuner that can support it. And our chat room has recommended this one from a company called Ceton, C E T O N. C E T O N C O R P dot for the website. They're InfinitiV4. Infinite, Infinite it is a, a PC card, a tuner PC card. Lets you watch digital cable TV on your computer. Works with Media Center. But you do have to have an M card. So you have to go to your cable company, get an M card from them. That'll, that you know, obviously you have to have an account in good standing. You you slot that M card into the Infinite TV, and now you can watch four live HD channels at once. You can change channels all on your computer. You can do the you know the whole thing you want, and it supports, of course, QAM, ATSC, all the standards. It says uh, the Infinite TV Four will connect to any U.S. cable system to receive all SD and HD. Digital cable channels without a separate set-top box. So that looks like the right thing. Only four hundred bucks <laughs> plus the rental of the M card. It's the M card is the multi-stream cable card that gives you. Uh, I believe it gives you interactivity, two-way, and uh, they do say that this works with the uh, home media center, the Microsoft Windows home media center, C E T O N C O R P. dot com for four hundred bucks. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it would probably cost more than your home theater PC. Laura's in Valencia, our next caller. Hi, Laura. Leo Laporte, the tech guy.
3: Fortuner's. Hi, Leo. Hey Laura. Hey, um, I'm looking at getting a tablet PC and I'm having a hard time finding any place where I can actually touch it and feel it. Yeah. Um, you know, Dell says it's a business product, so there's nowhere I can see it. But I'm looking at the Dell latitude. The XP2
1: or the Lenovo? Yeah,
0: i I have uh, we have a Latitude Touch tablet. I like it; it's okay, but the Lenovo's better. Okay, I would I would get the convertible because um, the nice thing about a convertible you've you know you 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 have both. It's effectively a laptop and a tablet. So the right. convertible has a screen that will flip around. It looks like a laptop until you flip the screen around and and fold it flat, and then it becomes a tablet.
3: Is there have you seen those anywhere where I can actually go and look
0: at one? No, and I would like you to try before you buy. I'll tell you a couple of the negatives.
3: Okay.
0: Uh one is that the they all require styluses. Oh they're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. They're not they're not iPads. They uh they, they need a stylus. They're not uh, they're you know, they're using resistive touch screens, not capacitive touch screens. Um and it's easy to lose the stylus although almost all of them have a little recessed slot that you pop it into so that you could pop the stylus out and use it but i you know i mean it's not an ipad uh, there's is there a reason why you want to use a tablet
3: well I, you know i'm i need to replace my laptop computer at home and i travel with it you know i use it to log into my office and things of that nature and so I just thought it'd be kind of fun to have a tablet and a computer
0: on one. Yeah, I thought it would be kind of fun, too, Till I used them, and then yeah. I realized, boy, this is horrible. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to poison your judgment about this. Uh, what, what, I, what I will say is it's not an iPad. It is a tablet, which means you'll use a stylus. Uh, the, it's, you're going to use Windows 7. Windows 7 does have a lot of touch built into it, which is nice. Um, but really, it's a desktop operating system designed for use with a keyboard, that they've kind of tacked on the touch capabilities to. HP also makes one. You know what? You you probably could at least try an HP Touch Smart. Those seem to be in places like Best Buy and the big box stores and other places. So you can see at least how you like the idea.
3: Right. Okay. And another quick question, if, if you can. What do you think of the flip? The video. Flip,
0: like the little flip video cameras? They're, they're all right. I prefer the code, uh, comparable from Kodak. It's called the ZI-8, especially the older ZI-8s. Unfortunately, the, the real reason I like the ZI-8 is because it had a microphone adapter, which meant you could use an external microphone. It gives you a much, much better sound than the built-in sound. You know, we think of video cameras. We don't think about sound, but the truth is sounds extremely important for video. People will put up with bad video if the sound's okay. But, boy, you have great video and lousy sound.
1: Eh, eh, eh.
0: So I, I like the ZI-8, but the new models, they took that jack out. It I'm cra- I'm, makes me nuts. So if you can find a ZI-8, most people still have them in stock. The older ones that have the mini jack, that would be my choice. Same price as the Flip. Flip's okay. They, both. None of these are the same as a camcorder quality. They're very much more like the, the video recorder in your cell phone if you have one.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And And again, I'll re- reiterate this. The Lenovo's the one I like the X220 tablet because it's a very good laptop that adds tablet capabilities. I think you'll end up using it as a uh, as a, a laptop more than a tablet. Yeah, the one the one way that the, that tablets are kind of cool is if you're going doing presentations, if you're doing like a PowerPoint presentation, it's kind of cool. You don't even have to have a screen. You can actually do a presentation on a tablet for somebody who's sitting next to you. It just has a nice feel to it. It's very natural. You can write on it. You can annotate it. You can tell it. You can be like John Madden. You can illustrate it. Boom, and it goes here to the boom, and it's kind of cool. Uh, but I don't think you're going to find yourself keeping a journal or taking notes in class on it. It just doesn't work that well.
3: I'm just having a hard time justifying a laptop and
0: an iPad. But I know what you really want is an iPad. I do. A- yeah, tablet PC is not an iPad, not even close. So go into a, go into a, you know, like a Best Buy. they are probably be the most likely place. Play with the, play with the tablets there, the Windows based tablets there, and see what you think. Microsoft's been pushing Windows based tablets for ten years, and Apple, in the first weekend of the iPad two, sold more iPads twos than Microsoft sold all ten years combined. And there's a real reason for it. The iPad 2 is based on an operating system designed from the ground up to be touch. And that makes a big difference. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. More calls right after this. Oh, Wait for las vegas i'll be going to las vegas tomorrow for the big nab show national association of broadcasters we'll be broadcasting live the official podcast partner monday through friday everybody else sing along here This portion of the Tech Eyes show brought to you by my internet service provider, DSL Extreme, for high-speed internet at an amazing price. Call 866-2-GET-NET the number two, GetNet, to get DSL Extreme. Back to the phones we go here. Let's see here. Um, who's next? Dell. <laughs> Dell's looking for a laptop. I think you have to go to Dell, don't you, Dell? Hello, Dell. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Palmdale, California. If you'd said Austin, Texas, I would have said, "Hey, wait a minute."
4: Actually, it's Dale D A
0: L E, but oh, good, all right. <laughs> hey, Dale, <laughs> what yes, can I do for you?
4: Main computer got one of the malware viruses, and it's a real old computer, and I've mislocated the uh, OS disk for it, so I can't reinstall the software. So, which is a good excuse to buy a laptop replacement. <laughs>
0: Sure. Now, i got to tell you, that old computer, uh, I would get a laptop. Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. But just don't throw that old computer out. You can download a copy of Linux and put it on there, and it'll be just good to go. It'll be secure, uh, reliable, and useful, and you get many, many more years out of it. Linux doesn't require the same amount of hardware support uh, as Windows.
4: Okay, good. That's a good idea.
0: That's a good use for an old computer. You could use it as a server or just you know to get to know Linux. But let me help you buy a
2: laptop.
4: All right, I'm looking for something like a 17 or an 18 inch screen, um, something do you know, web surfing, uh, MS Office, and maybe uh, some CAD software. For around oh, 50. you
1: you, ha- you
0: had me right up to the CAD software part.
4: Yeah, I know. It kind of, it, it's nothing real major, but if if I could, I would. All
0: right. And your
4: budget? Around fifteen hundred.
0: Oh, you're in good shape. Fifteen hundred is a pretty big budget for a laptop these days. It used to be uh, the laptop you wanted was always twenty five hundred. I would say now it's always fifteen hundred. In other words, that's that's the level at which you're gonna get something that you're gonna rub your hands with glee. Uh and seventeen inches is um pretty big. It's not gonna be something you can carry around.
4: No, my wife has a laptop she travels with. But I want something that I can move like if I relocate for a couple of months some other
0: Right. It's easy to easy to move around the house or to to move with you, but yeah, you're not going to put it in a briefcase because it's going to be about the size of a pizza box. There are a lot of good 17 inches uh, out there. Um, a lot of great choices. In fact, as earlier uh, in the show, we were talking uh, with somebody who wanted to buy a portable laptop, and the um, the chat room suggested a, a an Acer, a, one of the new Acer's, which is a 17 um, and fairly affordable. I would at this point, if you're going to get a 17 inch, look for one that is running. The latest Intel mobile part just came out a couple of weeks ago called sandy Bridge yes sir. it'll be a, about yeah, it. it'll be an i five or an i seven mm-hmm. uh, I think Dell makes excellent laptops, but the problem with Dell is it's mail order only It's funny I had a bad dream last night about Dell tech support that just shows you how much i should i need a, I need a vacation. Uh, but <laughs> you know, Dell's tech support used to be the best in the land. They're all terrible now. Dell's no worse than anybody else, but I don't know if they're any better than anybody else anymore. They're all outsourced uh, to guys who don't really know very much in India and or other places, and um, you, you can't expect a lot of support. On the other hand, they make good hardware, and I and I think it's it's good stuff. I'd also we've been talking today about Lenovo a lot because I'm a fan of the new Lenovo X. 220s, I think there's some good choices there as well. 17 uh, inches. That's a good question. They're business machines, so they may not. Um, another brand that um, that I like, uh, I mentioned Acer. I mentioned uh, Dell. Um, you know, HP and Toshiba have been around for a long time. They probably sell more laptops than any other company. I've never been a big fan of either company. Not never, but lately not been a bit fan of either company. I think that their, their support is bad, but also their manufacturer has not uh, been too good. Sony Vios are very nicely made, but forget support. You'll never get anybody on the phone with Sony. So it depends on whether support's important to you or not.
4: Well, I... Been able to do pretty much on my own up till I'm off
0: my software disk. But yeah, yeah. Well, so if you're pretty if you're pretty uh uh good with uh with 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 a I never call support because I know it's just gonna take me too long. <laughs> the the um the, the Lenovo I idea pads are you well, know, they're not really I'm looking at these. See, the biggest screen they have is a fifteen inchers, so that's not gonna do it for you. No. Um HP Sony. Both make big 17-inch displays that are really a desktop replacements. But I think that my if I were going to spend my money, it would be Dell. Okay. And by the way, Dell does include replacement disks, but you, you know, have to make sure you check that box, and I think they may charge you a little bit for it.
4: Yeah, they always do.
0: Yeah, but do get them.
4: Another question I had is what I was going to do is I have an external box where you put the hard drive from the uh, desktop computer in, would it be safe just to directly transfer the data files? On yes. On laptop? Yes. Or would the virus that attacked my machine
0: be... Well, you know, yes, with, yes, with caution. Um, viruses don't normally live in data files. In order for any virus to work, it's got to run a program, ultimately.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The problem is that data files can sometimes uh, infect you. Uh, I'll give you an example. Lately, there's been a very serious series of flaws in Adobe's Reader. That's the program you use to read PDFs for most people. Uh And so a PDF file by itself is safe. But because of the flaw in Reader, it's possible to make a a malware PDF in effect that does infect you when you run it in the unpatched version of Reader. But if you don't use Reader, if you used Foxit or some or use something else to read it, it wouldn't it would be harmless. Okay. So it's not the file, it's the fact that there's a bug in Reader. Similarly, Flash files can do that. Uh, Adobe also had a problem there. Uh, there were problems at one time in JPEGs and mp 3 same thing. Not that they were by themselves dangerous, but when you opened them with an old version of Winamp or uh, Microsoft had a bad DLL and many programs that opened JPEGs, you could infect a computer... By a specially crafted image that would use the program that it was rendering it as a as a as a way of getting into your system. But by themselves, data files are safe. There is one exception. Uh, Office files uh, have a macro language. And of course, a macro language is a programming language. So in fact, doc files, Excel files, those are in fact programs. And so admittedly uh, the macro language these days is so hobbled and microsoft's put in so many protections and if you're using a modern version of office you're probably safe even with a a doc file that has a macro virus in it so i would say the 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 bottom line is data files are, are pretty much safe as long as you're being safe in other
4: areas yeah and what program should i put on to protect a new laptop as far well
0: as, uh, at the very minimum uh what you'll be doing is Microsoft Security Essentials. It's free. Uh, Microsoft is, I think, very close to including it in the operating system. They don't want to cheese, uh, cheese off the antivirus makers by, uh, by doing it too soon, but I think that's going to be just a matter, of course, before they do that. That's Microsoft.com slash Security Essentials. That's the only free one I'd use. Of course, uh, our advertiser, Nod32 from ESET, is a paid antivirus. It's better, it's faster, it's more effective. It's just whether you want to pay the 40 bucks a year. Uh, for, for my money, it's worth 40 bucks a year, but that's up to you. Mm-hmm. I, those are the only two that I, I'd even consider. Very good. Hey, thanks for the call, Dale. Thank you. Enjoy your new laptop. I mean, if you have an old PC, going to a modern Sandy Bridge-based laptop with Windows 7 is going to be, well, you're going to like it. It's going to be a big step up. You're going to be very, very happy. Uh it's kind of it's kind of the fun the only good thing about sticking with old hardware for a really long time it's like hitting yourself in the head with a hammer when you stop it feels so good let's take a break more of your calls to come 8888 ask Leo I am Leo Laporte the tech guy Life is yeah. good, and you can and yes. you can wander around town safely. They play this music to, to get you, because at the end, his hand comes out of the grave and grabs your ankle. Uh, ah! uh. Leo Laporte, the, <laughs> the tech guy. And, and this is also for the Masters, okay? <laughs> this is the theme to the Masters? Oh, we'll never... <laughs> Never mind. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned the Masters. The Masters has an amazing uh, website. You do want to stay tuned to this station because there'll be a wonderful host coming up after me doing a fantastic job. But, see, <laughs> so don't do this. But if you if you, if you you happen to be uh, nothing else going on in your life, you could go to cbsports.com I think it's slash, is it slash live? They've got, you know, they've done this before. Last year they did this too. And I don't know why. They don't do it for everything, but they do just a fantastic job uh, of, of streaming the Masters. You can look at all the different uh, holes, and that's uh, just it's just amazing. And you can listen to this music and have Freddy Krueger grab you. <laughs> do you play golf, Dick Bartolo? mad Maness, right? God,
1: no, I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. Miniature <laughs> golf, that's about it.
0: Yeah, you don't seem like the golf type. I can't see you no. in golf shoes.
1: No. Right. I might buy a golf cart if I could get one that went real fast.
0: He doesn't even have a driver's license. I guess you don't need you know, a driver's license.
1: No, you do. You need a driver's license to cast checks, but that's the only reason <laughs> I have one.
0: So it finally came up. But look at this. This is the, uh, this is, oh, they covered up the good part with an ad. Well, that was interesting. But over on the right here, you had, you could choose the hole. Uh, you could see what's on the live TV, but you could also then, there we go, see a oh. uh, different, but every time, watch, every time I click this, the holes show up and then an ad covers it up.
2: Oh, Nice
0: design. Uh, <laughs> what the heck? Look at, watch, nice. here comes an ad, boom.
1: Uh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's selling everything.
0: Boy, okay, I take it all back. Don't watch the masters <laughs> on the internet. Uh, Dick Bartolo, Mad Magazine's maddest writer. He's also known as the Gizwiz. Why? Well, I don't know. No, because he's uh, really into uh, gadgets. That's why. For 40 years, he's been really... he's He was into gadgets when, a, when a, an answering machine was considered a gadget. And he does a podcast with us every week uh, called the Daily Weekly Weekly Daily Gizwiz.
1: Which of, we do monthly, and we play <laughs> annually. <laughs> Just in case you're cons- confused...
0: And he joins us on the radio
1: show every week at this time with another lovely gadget. And our gadget is from Eaton. They're the people who make the
0: Eaton E T O N they make uh, they make uh, golf clubs. No, uh, uh,
1: I don't know no. what crank radios. Oh, so God, did you we get a lot of crank room calls once. on the radio, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, They they have a new radio out. They they team up a lot with the Red Cross, and the, their newest weather self powered radio is called the Axis. So it has a neat little aluminum crank handle, and this one is very efficient. Ninety seconds of cranking. We'll give you 15 minutes of radio power. Now,
0: is this the one that that has the red, that's the red American Red Cross
1: radio? Yes. Yes, exactly. Wow. Exactly. It's really cool looking. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, It has cell phone output for charging a cell phone. Uh, (laughs) Cell phone not included. Cell phone not included. Exactly. Uh, Rechargeable battery included, but the the three AAAs, if you want a backup battery, is not included. Um you can buy an optional AC adapter. It has all seven weather channels. It has weather alert. So if you're going out camping and you're sleeping overnight, if there is a thunderstorm coming in your area, set the alarm. It'll wake you up with an alarm. Has a built-in LED flashlight, a built-in LED blinker light um what more yeah. could you ask
0: for i mean this is more, yeah. and, and
1: and and the amfm tuner is uh digital and it has a built-in clock and alarm clock wow so this is, yeah this is pretty nifty how it's much a, uh five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> they have yeah. to get the price down
0: yeah price per feature is good but uh
1: yeah yeah no yeah no. no uh it's under 70 bucks
0: that's not bad brookstone has it you can get it on amazon too
1: Exactly. E T O
0: N the axis. Axis. The axis. You know, I should probably have something like this—an emergency radio and all of that stuff. But
1: I don't. You know, do you have do you have emergency backup for the for the Twit Cottage? Now that I think of it, no.
0: No. I figured we we we,
1: more money. We uh, well, we looked at yeah,
0: really. We looked at it. (laughs) It's very expensive to uh, keep a, a radio station online, or a TV station online, or an internet TV station online. Uh, And we figured, well, if the power's out, I bet you our internet access goes out, and there's nothing we could do to make that work. Oh yeah, okay, that that's a good thought. Yeah, so I figured, well, might as well just all be, you know, all be down. And also,
1: since you've been there, has the power ever gone out? It does occasionally,
0: but never for any length of time. So we've been, you know, it's been we've been broadcasting uh, from the uh, TechEye Labs for five years. It's actually April seventeenth is the fifth anniversary of Twit.
1: Wow. Sixth, I'm sorry, sixth anniversary. I, right? I was going to say, because we've been doing the daily Gizwiz for 5.2 months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's always good to talk to Dick. His website, gizwiz.biz. And uh, the What the Heck Is It contest there is a chance for you to win an autographed copy of Mad Magazine. Anybody's and the in- new
1: cover of Mad will have Alfred and Zuckerberg on it. Oh, that's, I saw it. It's hysterical.
0: I love that. It's such a crack up. It is. They, it's, you can't tell who's who. Just a
1: joke. Oh, you know, they do. The, the, someone said, you, what is it? Uh, oh, someone said, why is Zuckerberg on the cover of Mad? And Someone else said, because he won the Alfred E. Newman lookalike contest.
0: <laughs> Dick will uh, stick around because Dick's going to yes. do the uh, daily, weekly, weekly, monthly, yearly gizwiz in just a moment. Uh, and we're going to get back to the phones in just a moment. A few more minutes left on the show, but I do want to talk about our good friends at Carbonite. I got this email from Patricia Oglesby. Quote, we really got a bad virus the other day. The computer guy couldn't save anything on the hard drive. He had to wipe it completely clean. I'm thinking, I hope Carbonite works. She was a Carbonite customer, so she took it home, plugged it in, pushed restore on the Carbonite website. She says it all starts coming back. It just kept going, and it was all there, and it was all in the right place, and I'm so happy. Carbonite just did all that, and I didn't have to think about it. Carbonite, very easy to use. It was great. Thank you, Patricia, for that unsolicited testimonial. And a happy ending. What about you and your happy ending? If You lost all your hard drives and data and backups. If there were a fire, a flood, or an earthquake, what have you done to protect yourself? Try Carbonite free right now for two weeks, Mac or PC. Just go to Carbonite.com. Use the offer code Leo. You don't need a credit card or anything else. If you decide to buy, you'll need a credit card. But I'll tell you what, use my name Leo again. You'll get 14 months for the price of 12 $55. And that's unlimited backup from your internal drive. Carbonite, you got to back it up to get it back, so do it right with carbonite. And now, my friends, let's see if we can get a, I don't know if we're going to get two more in, at least get another call in, Tim from Riverside, Leo Laporte, the tech guy.
4: Hey, Tim. Hey, how you doing, Leo?
0: I am well. Welcome to the show. What can I do for you today?
4: Well, I know it's time to short, so let's make it short and sweet. Um, uh, scanners trying to find a good scanner for my iMac. I can't find any up-to-date articles. Yeah, almost any scanner will work fine. I
0: use use Epson scanners in general. I like them. The Epson Perfection Series has a scanner for any dollar amount, and they're really good, and they work fine with Macs. They have uh, appropriate driver software. I use an all-in-one from Epson called the Epson Artisan, which is a Wi-Fi printer and scanner, and I love this. If you've got more than one computer... Because you can scan, you know, you still have to get up and go down the hall and put the thing on the scanner, but you can you can scan wirelessly to any computer in the house over the Wi-Fi network, and I just love that. That's the Epson Artisan, but that's an all-in-one inkjet scanner, you know, all of that. In fact, you can even use it as a color copier as well, and they're fairly affordable. But the Epson, if you just want the scanner by itself, the Epson Perfection, those are my favorite.
4: Excellent, excellent. I do have one more quick question, I'll leave it alone. Sure. Yep. Who- Good replacement for
0: File Buddy. File Buddy. Wow, that's a name from the past. Yeah. It stopped working with uh, the most recent OS tens, didn't it? Like it stopped working with Tiger or something.
4: Yeah, uh, I just got, I got a lot of hard drives. I got a lot of disks. I'm just trying to get rid of them.
0: Um, they do have a new version of File Buddy that will work with Tiger. So there is. So it's still around that's a really good question you know i i will have to look around and see um file buddy 9 though they say it'll work with all current macs if that's what you're looking for it's a kind of high-end file manager there's a lot of utility stuff for the macintosh hey thanks for the call thanks for listening folks i'm leo laporte the tech i have a great geek week